Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Carpegium Gamecast. I'm Dan. I'm Steve. I'm Brian. Tyler. And I'm Mac. Today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to start the episode off a little bit different this time with a little uh, shameless self-promotion. We need it. We do need it. Plug. Plug. Hair plug. We're now on Facebook. Uh, You can find us at uh, carpegium.net on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at C-A-R-P-E underscore G-M. So we've got some chatting on the forum, but I'd like to see a little bit more um, community at the Carpegium community. <laughs> Let us know what you want. We've got a we've got boards up for games and topic uh, suggestions. Just about anything you want to talk about, we've got a spot for it. And if topics get legs, I'm creating boards as we go for what. And we are uh, checking out our boards ourselves and answering questions. So if it's us you're interested in. Uh... We'll be involved in the conversation. Yeah, man, and any feedback, you know, will improve the quality of every episode almost exponentially, so that would be nice. Speaking of feedback, I'd really like to see some emails from the listeners with GMing questions, gaming questions, anything like that that we can incorporate into the podcast. I'd like to read live emails on the podcast as well. You just yeah. shoot us an email, we'll do your episode pretty much. Like Pretty much at this point, it's a, it's an <laughs> yeah. open field. And if you can get through one of our one of our episodes without having at least one question in the back of your mind, then... You're not listening. Our own faults are very many, so we won't exactly run out of episodes, but we'd prefer to do something more interesting to you. That being said, today's episode is on board games. We're going to start off by discussing the difference between board games and the RPGs that we've been discussing all this time. Steve, what do you think? What's the big difference for you between a board game and a tabletop role-playing game? Well, I think a board game is just more isolated like not really free more secular standalone unit. yeah it's 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 secular it's more any, anybody can pick it up you know and it's obviously lacking the uh, some of the uh, creative elements that uh, any tabletop rpg has so. the walls yeah the which you're going to be playing in are more set you're playing in, in somebody else's world you know you're not you're not making anything really significant but you there are some board games where you can carry on a uh, episodic, linear, as it may be, campaign. But no matter what, you're buying structure at the cost of flexibility. Right. Just to set the record straight, are we talking like all board games encompassing, including like Monopoly to, well, Rune, to like Rune Wars, or are we talking like more? They like, all have something in common, just like all RPGs have something in common. Yeah. So yes, to a point, I really don't think. Our listeners want to hear us review Monopoly. No. But to a point, yes, that's there. I still say free parking is a house rule. (laughs) It is a house rule. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) The way I see it, the big difference between RPGs and a board game is the perspective of the people playing it. Kind of going along with what Steve said, in an RPG you have limitless possibilities. Where you can go, say what you want, do what you want to do. In a board game, you have a specific set of rules and and specific area in which you're playing. There's a very specific scenario, i.e. Monopoly. You're the tycoon trying to buy up all the places and bankrupt his... The other tycoons. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of room for collaborative storytelling in there at all. Especially when you're not playing as characters and instead you're just playing as little 
pieces, like little colored pieces, like sorry or you know, um, battleship, where you're just putting the pegs. Like I got a couple things to say about the like kind of just board games in general. First of all, I think it's a really good gateway into tabletop role-playing games for somebody who is sort of interested in the fantasy or just gaming world that doesn't have the patience to sit down and learn how to play a tabletop role-playing game. Something like Citadels or uh, RuneScape or Descent might be a better thing for them to try out for the first time getting into sort of the fantasy gaming world. But more than here's the fourth edition core rule book, figure this out. Yeah, that's a big rule book. <laughs> yeah. You might have five or six pages, and even in some of the larger games like you were just talking about, you, you might have a small booklet. Well, maybe yeah. even 20 pages worth yeah, of rules. Yeah, but it's to still read. much different than, and it's sometimes it's hard for people to grasp the concept of, hey, this game is in your imagination, and there's no pieces, limitless. or, yeah. I'll say this. I believe uh, Wizards of the Coast makes a couple of board games that are fourth ed based, like uh, Wrath of a Shardalon. Yeah, I've heard they're very fun. And yeah. they, I, I've played Wrath of a Shardalon, and, and, and I think I played one of the other ones too, but I can't remember the name. The Castle Ravenloft? Castle Ravenloft. I think it was Castle Ravenloft. Um, and they are very definitely uh, simplified versions of fourth edition. Yeah, it's more. The thing. The other thing I was going to say on, on that is it's sim. There's many board games out there fantasy flight you know all those kind of uh, producers put out games that are very linear experiences of the D or role tabletop role-playing game experience like uh, just here's your guy this is what he does roll this dice to do this ability now once you have this experience can you imagine this same game on like a much larger scale and you can do whatever you want it's a pretty good stepping stone well th- there's familiarity in that when you talk about, say, 4th edition, for example, we've talked about when the dice come out, it's a different game. All of a sudden, it's a board game. And it's pretty easy to establish the specific rules and you know your movement speed and everything there, as opposed to having the ability to do anything. That's a little harder to explain. Well, yeah, you got the five-page instruction booklet as opposed to a 400-page manual of some sort. Right. It's less intimidating to a person who really has no idea of where it's coming from or any of this sort of fantasy, yeah. large fantasy role-playing game. Also, board games have a lot of a lot more properties that are owned, like, you know, Lord of the Rings, yeah, you know, the intellectual Game properties, of Thrones, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's a pretty good hook to get peep somebody involved into the gaming community as opposed to like you know you want to play this Dungeons and dragons game right now there's something to be said for what all the players usually in a board game are all trying to achieve the same goal that's that's another factor in the difference between rpgs and and tabletop games the goals of all the individual players in an rpg may or may not be aligned they may not be all questing for the same reason in wrath of a shardalon you're all questing just to try to get through the dungeon and try to kill a Shardalon. Now, that's easily not true of all board games. No, yeah. not at all. Right. When but, we start talking about some of our favorites, I have a good one to counterpoint that. The other thing that comes to mind, and we've touched on it a little bit, is the play style. Rarely do you approach the board game, even Wrath of a Shardalon, which is directly based from 4th edition, 4th edition Dungeon Drag- Dungeons & Dragons, rarely do you approach that game as if you were playing Dungeons & Dragons. You have your miniatures, you have your map and everything, but rarely is the dwarf speaking like a dwarf while he's playing the board game. Right. So the play style is completely different, which means the energy for the game is focused in a different place. Winning. Yeah. <laughs> the energy for the game is focused in winning. What, like, uh, Which is where I was going with the goals. You mentioned something uh, recently about how a board game is pretty much just metagaming. 
which is essentially yes. It, that's it, the way I see it anyway. It's kind, that's kind of why I think uh, I find some board games a bit more investing as far as mechanics as opposed to story because you're not invested in a story and therefore it's just metagame really. So it's okay. It's optimization. It, yeah, it's okay to do that with Min-maxing. board games. Really. Yeah. Min-maxing, yeah. Less so. personalized experience. That's why I say that it's easy for somebody to jump in on an already existing property that somebody would like because they're like, oh, I already know the story of Lord of the Rings. You know, Right. So. I have some friends who have experimented in game design and I have a little bit of beta experience. And with regard to board games, I've seen people start with generalized rules and object A, B, C, and then just once they've got their mechanics nailed down, right. try to find an, things that fit an intellectual property that fits. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a common common way to go about it. You you'll see a lot of intellectual properties crammed into games that were pieces of another game before. You can tell when Hasbro breaks a piece off of a game and creates an intellectual property out of it because they liked the principle of this for a, a different game. I can't really think of anything to mi- that comes to mind at the moment, but when my head clears, I'll put it in the show notes. The the types of board games that are out there vary as widely as the types of role playing games that are out there, though. You've got Tabletop miniatures games, you've got... I wouldn't really consider those board games, no. though, would you? That's a whole different creature. Yeah. That's a whole different beast. <laughs> I... there, are, there are a few different sorts of tabletop games, like tabletop card games, um, including ones that are basically board games, but just function with a... That, For instance, Thunderstone, that I've mentioned previously, is basically a board game, but with a changing set of... Uh, with a changing board established by a set of cards that are dealt randomly. Between games like that and miniatures games and then board games, some board games are so flexible that they approach a miniatures game. And all of those basically focus on gameplay and mechanics, tactics and strategy, at the sacrifice of roleplay when compared to a roleplaying game. Which is why whenever I say tabletop miniatures games, I consider them board games as well. The board may be bigger, the board may have more stuff on it, or maybe even the board means less than the miniatures themselves. But... It's still, you're confined to a tabletop, you're using that as the medium for your game experience. You're not role-playing the miniatures in, say, hero clicks. You're using the mechanics of the game solely to try to win. Which is the right. difference for me between See, a board game the and The difference RPG. between my, what you say for that and what I have to say for that is... In a board game, some, one dude can bring a game and all four people can play. Right. In a miniatures game... You have to have spent $300 on your own army and you know your own army's rules and know your own, depending on the game, but it's, it's, it requires you to make an investment on your own as opposed to... I'd say it's a pretty simple thing for if you wanted it to be that one guy brought the game and four people played it, one guy just has, has to own four armies, which is really hard in like Warhammer, but really easy in like Heroclix. True, a, but it still is it still isn't like more of an investment kind of game because once you learn how to play the game, that person, if they want to continue playing the game, has to go out and buy their own army. Right. The board well, game is like a one-time cost, maybe forty dollars, ten dollars. Hey, let's all throw in ten bucks and get a new board game. That know? depends on if your geek is board games. Because right. you get expansions to Catan, or you get expansions. You start. <laughs> you can start sinking money into any hobby, particularly yeah. if you have. No, I, you I, are I, of the mindset like myself when you're a completist or a collector well, or I, anything. Psych- like the other thing so. I'm saying is like at Heroic, our local game store, they have a board game like night where yeah. like a handful of people get together. I think it's called Atomic Squash. Right. And uh, none of those dudes have any interest in miniatures games whatsoever. They. But you do they, right. 
Yeah, and I you mean, play role playing games. I play all games, and you like board games and card games. So I mean, the, that specific group is not necessarily indicative. I'm just of saying everyone. that some board games do have their own niche, and that's every separate. Game. I think from all of us got, or most of us at least, got our start from playing board games. I mean, who played who played Dungeons and Dragons for Monopoly, Dan? Uh, no, sorry. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> Just an idea, you know. <laughs> I, I definitely played Monopoly <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah. We we kind of got off topic a little bit here. The types of board games that we have, we've 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 talked about. There's dice rolling games. You know, you roll one or two d six, but then that separates further from. Um, it's all dictates on how to take your turn, which is another big aspect between uh, the big uh, differential between RPGs and board games is the fact that many board games, if not all have a sort of turn system, whereas RPGs at wall is just kind of torn down and everything is just kind of acting in time. Um, for the most part, yeah. For the most part, but you still, usually within a game, you have some sort of structure for turn-taking, even if it's much more subjective than it's just your turn because you're sitting to my left. We'll get into this later, but like I said before, I've played board games that have initiative systems, board games that have st- stats, and you can customize your stats, uh board games that don't have a linear storyline, but you generally don't roleplay. You are just trying to yeah. win the game or accomplish the goal, whichever thing I think is. the real big difference is winning, to be honest. it's just That's like, the big difference yeah. for me, is that in a board game, you can win. Someone can win, everyone can win, or everyone loses to Generally, the game Generally, it's itself. like one person beats everyone else playing. Like, you're trying to defeat your opponent. Of in a roleplaying game, you win simply by having fun. Unless there's a specific ending Goal. that yes, yeah. that stuff's in mind. But for the most part, most of role-playing games are open-ended. You know what? I think one of the best uh, uh, caricatures of this might be in a role-playing game when your entire party dies, and that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if that's, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Now, because your entire party dying, that kind of, kind of makes me think of the randomizers thing. In a role-playing game, it's possible for the... For the night session to be over with a series of bad die rolls. There are many different randomizers in all games, but the randomizers in board games are, I'd say, almost more important than the randomizers in a tabletop role-playing game. Because it's all you have. Where you might be able to steer the story or steer your character's reaction in one way or another just by speaking it, you're not necessarily always tethered to the die roll. In a board game, everything centers around the die roll, or the spinner, or the timer, or, or the cards, the the cards that you're drawing, or something like that. Now, now I, there is a ma- there is a a measure of strategy in nearly every game. Some more than with randomizers, you know. In almost all games, there's a balance between a random and your ability to make decisions. Even in Candyland, where you're rolling and moving forward, there's an option to take this path or an option to take that path at different points, depending. Um, life with a spinner allows you to make several different decisions along the way. Decks of cards. Right. Decks of cards get dealt out, and then you have to, like, choose a card, or uh, once you're dealt a hand, choosing how to play a hand. There's always a a marriage between uh, random and your choices. What you think of a game kind of depends on uh, how those two are married, how the statistics of the randomizer influence the decisions that you can kind of make if you if you think of it kind of on maybe an x and y axis of the x-axis being strategy and the y-axis being luck everyone has a comfort level for where those two points on that graph are going to meet some people really hate a game that is just luck based i'm not a big fan of yahtzee i do not like luck games love rolling dice and i am not a big fan of yahtzee because there's very little strategy in it it's just a constant dice rolling game and a lot of people just feel like they're really unlucky like me so when i play those kind of games i just get 
frustrated because I'm like, there's absolutely no skill involved. You know, what merit do you have for beating me? But on the, the other side the of the luck coin, sack win. Yeah. On the other See, side, I of that love coin, those games. <laughs> You're a luck sack. <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of that coin, you've got the full strategy games. I like a game of chess just like, you know, as well as the next guy, but it's not my favorite game. Someone may be willing to shoot me in the face for saying that somewhere, but it's just not my nest. It's not necessarily my favorite game. I, I feel like people of completely different experience levels in chess cannot sit down and play a game fairly. Because there's absolutely no luck factor involved. The right. only luck you can get is that your opponent makes a mistake. You can have a fun time with a brand new player at a table if there's some measure of luck in which they can excel at the game. Like dice rolls. Dice rolls, card draws, anything like that that isn't necessarily the strategy behind the game you're playing. A game with too much strategy, though, can really turn off new players. A game with too much strategy can turn off new players the same way a role-playing game can by looking at the book. Yeah. When you... are like, I don't know what to do here. Can't I just roll the dice and play the game? The size of the book doesn't necessarily matter. The rules can be small, but it can take... While it may only take you five minutes to read the rules for chess, it can take you a lifetime to master the game. What took us, like, we just played Small World earlier today, and, like, looking at the book, it took us, like, we read the book, and then we were still, like, learning how to play the game the entire way through. That's that's the way most people learn to play board games, yeah. I think. I like how many nuances there in, are in place in a board game, such as all the different types of uh, chess pieces, or even in Small World with all the different types of... Uh, class or race and um special ability combo just like really um adds an almost daunting one, depth to the game yeah, one other thing that that kind of calls me to board games from time to time is all the stuff that comes yeah, with it. Oh, yeah you get yeah, all yeah. these little baubles and these little things and sometimes they're stuff just, to poke out they're a, really really fun a thing i really love about certain board games is when a board game can be the same game can be completely different every time the replay that value kind of, yeah. is a big deal for yeah me. yeah like 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 it seems like small world can be I know we keep talking about it, but yeah. uh, it can be extremely. Fun. Oh, we just played it. It can be extremely fun all the time, like because it's it's different every time. Uh, Runescape is another one. Is Rune, it Rune, Runebound? Bound. Runebound. Yeah. Sorry, Runebound is another one where it's different, like every time. And not to knock Candyland, but have you ever tried to sit down and play more than like three or four rounds of Candyland? I it's mean, really it, boring. It kind of blurs into the same game. Have like I remember tra- that one time I drew Grandma Nutter. That one game, like <laughs> no, you, it's all just one experience. Remember that one time we sat down and played Candyland. How many times in your life have you ever finished a game of Monopoly? Like two, three, How maybe. How about ratio <laughs> of times started to times finished? Because I've started thousands of games. I've only finished <laughs> maybe like 3% of them. Well, the Monopoly is really not that long of a game if you play it by the rules. Uh, and you don't. I've played games of Monopoly City lately where uh, the the new, know, railroad si- the new railroad system bas- lets you basically make portals yeah. and just keep going around go, never landing on anyone's properties. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's a certain amount of random you have to land on it, but if you were the guy who was getting all the railroads early on in the game and put them in the right spots, I have had a game last for hours and hours and hours, and then we called it. <laughs> At that point, sometimes you've got to just call the paramedic in and just <laughs> have him pronounce it because the sun's coming up. You really, or You really hit a point in diminishing returns of that Monopoly game there. Kept going over and over. There can be only one. <laughs> yeah, and the diminishing returns, that's actually a really good point in terms of like the difference between, say, Monopoly and an RPG is that, you know, the length is, you know, the fun is diminished by the length. At that point, it's just kind of like you're going through the motions. Whereas an RPG, the length adds to the depth. How many times in an part. RPG did you get so bored that you just quit? I mean, not often. <laughs> well, there's so many randomizers in certain games, though, in bo- certain board games that make that diminishing returns thing a lot harder to like achieve. You know? In all honesty, Monopoly is like the how worst. many years <laughs> old? 
Yeah. Yeah, the th- 30s, I think the present incarnation yeah. was patented. And I I've got it was 1904, I think, and um, I-, I checked it out on Wikipedia at one point, and there's this, I think it used to be called the Landlord's Game. And <laughs> like the, there's this old hand-drawn map, and it, it, it was just a square, and in each of the corners there was a circle. There was like the poorhouse and the... The, the Hoovervilles. <laughs> Hoover the Duke Blue Blood's garden or something. Do, I don't remember what it do was. Do you also think it's like the first commercial original board game? I mean, some, no, besides but, like checkers, the, no, like traditional. For, I'm thing. pretty sure... Uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure in the 1860s or so, there were board games. The first uh, commercially pressed board games were board games that were moving forward Christian goals and ideals of the lifestyle. Like Battle Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... They were they were games that you would be questing to get to the silver pillars of heaven or it's like something a, a like little board ones. game version of the path of the penitent man yeah. <laughs> the, the thing the thing was those were the board, God. those board games I cl- were i cleanse the non-believers king me remember yeah, when, whenever you run up to an open gorge just throw sand at it <laughs> <laughs> the mechanics of the board game were based on virtues and beatitudes <laughs> nice and, uh, and christian ideals <laughs> and that's how you won the game by excelling at those specific things and I think it was the 1860s. Versions of chess and checkers have been played for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Oh, right. Years. Yeah. Well, actually, there was... And this was this was kind of a funny aside that I Has came across. Has anybody here ever played that Chaos Chess by Steve Jackson games? Where, like, there's a, a deck of cards that changes the rules of chess every day, every turn or something like that? Didn't know it existed? But yeah, it's pretty looking fun. Into yeah. It. I've played... Hmm. I think it's Vulcan chess, uh, the Star Trek chess that's on like tiers. multiple tiers. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. You split your brain into five pieces. And yeah. When I was in middle school, they had a version of chess that uh, went all the way around in a circle. You could move your pieces forward or backward. You were playing against like six other players who were all on the different boards. Oh, that's cool. It was hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, was it like Risk, where everyone's just like at each other's throats? Everybody was given one move a day, and then we went. Ho- we made notes of it, went home, and t- and thought about it. Man, you guys must have been nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With with the old the old ancient games and whatnot. There were there, look it up on Wikipedia once again. Our favorite Go. Our favorite tool. There was totally yeah, reliable. That, I, was a good one. I, yeah. play, I play Go and I'm pretty sure that's like widely considered the, the oldest board game in that's the world. A, that's a very old one. I yeah. I don't I don't know who would contest it. Yeah. There was a there's a list. There's a list of games that Buddha wouldn't play, essentially. And this list was written in the 5th or 6th century BC. And the list of games that he he wouldn't play, games on boards that had 8 or 10 columns, specifically. At the time, there was was a a Hindi game at the time that was being played. I cannot even hope to pronounce the name. Uh, So he wouldn't play chess. And it said that uh, Buddha would not use uh, play any games that utilized sticks or nails to pick up smaller sticks or baubles. So Buddha wouldn't play pickup sticks. Play, you're not playing jacks. He's not playing jacks. You're not playing none of that. Uh, Get out of here. Not he playing pogs. None of that. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's having no slammers. No slammer, No metal slammers. He wouldn't play any dice games. He wouldn't mm. play any dice games. So D and D's out. Right. He, he can't play that monkey's always wanted to build. Right. I don't know if monkeys in a barrel were okay. Oh, what, what about Don't Wake Daddy? Because it's technically like... Kerplunk? 
Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Sorry is the one Kerplunk with the dice. is in. the opposite of what he said he wouldn't play, so maybe that was his favorite game. Yeah, he loved Because they're actually pulling the sticks Brought out. Brought to you by Buddha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check out Kerplunk at your local game store. <laughs> or like the, Pass the Pigs, you know. <laughs> the um, Would he play card games? Yeah. Um, is that what's that on the is list? Buddha, is Buddha a poker player? I don't... I say, maybe. Wouldn't that be the number one thing but, not to put on Buddha's <laughs> <Yeah>. list? <laughs> Texas Hold'em world champion featuring Buddha. <laughs> the Dalai Lama. So there, he, he wouldn't play any game in which you would drag your finger in a die and start to draw a picture on a wall. No Pictionary for no Buddha. No Pictionary for Buddha. <laughs> There's, there was a whole list of them. Check it out. It was uh, it was pretty funny read. It it wasn't meant to be funny, but it, I thought it was hilarious. I do not want to hang with the Buddha. Hey, Steve, what was that game from Avatar that they played that was like old Chinese chess? Oh, uh, Didn't say anything about bingo either. B2. Well, maybe he was against gambling. Maybe. I can't remember what it was called. Like Paisa or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Sorry, we're having a side conversation. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Also, there was a whole list on this thing of things he wouldn't wear. He wouldn't wear very specific things. He wouldn't use flat uh, build hats. (laughs) He wouldn't use chains. uh, Yeah. uh, Beautifully embellished umbrellas or wear a sword. Or it, it was. It was. It was pretty interesting. I had. I had no idea that Buddha was such a killjoy. I'm a big fan of beautifully embellished umbrellas. No. Yeah. Umbrella, now, what about umbrella swords? All of this. Or umbrella core. <laughs> what are you going with this? Where are uh, we going? Uh, this got really off board yeah, games. This is where I, where I signed up for, man. So what What are your favorite board games? Mac? If I had to bring one up that uh, incorporated a lot of the positive ports, parts of board games, one that really seems built on a lot of the uh, history of good game design, I'd have to start with Arkham Horror. Oh, yeah. Good one. If you're familiar with the Cthulhu mythos, uh, started by H.P. Lovecraft, you want to throw a board at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, there, there's an aspect of that game where the players can play against each other, but it's after you've played the first time, you realize it's just everything you can God do to survive. Yeah, like, this thing's just gonna kill us. Yeah, uh, between uh, running around in in the town or the county or managing any of the curses that are in its expansions. Um, you can even fall into other planes and have one heck of a time trying to get even back to the world. <laughs> and at the end of everything, Cthulhu's just going to kill you anyway, so who cares? I think Asmodeus, or one of the Slump. guys, or Azathoth, or one of them, is... Azathoth. Yeah, his special ability is, you lose, the game is over. Yep. Yeah. He's the world ender. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> yeah you, you even get dealt a random elder thing when, at the end of it, you're fighting... Uh, Yog Sagoth or Azathoth or uh, yeah. Every time you want to try to make yourself better, it makes your like your character better to be more prepared for the end. It makes the end get closer, <laughs> and like as the end gets closer, like the shops close down and stuff. So you're like, well, God, now I can't even buy the weapon. You know, like what's <laughs> like a choose your own adventure book where like you can't not die. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, That's pretty, pretty much finger on the page. <laughs> you obviously have not played any Call of Cthulhu yeah. or dealt with uh, Lovecraft. I have not. No. Note to self. Tyler, how about you? What are your favorite games? Um, well, as I've gotten older, it's kind of gone through a progression. I mean, when I was younger... Um, the Game of Life. Yeah, the Game of Life. For some reason, I always liked the Game of Life. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, it was just it was so weird. It's like, oh, yeah, I want two, those, the extra blue peg in your car. It's one like, I never oh, really got into. My yeah. parents bought it for me. I was like, what is this? Did, you, really ever, just... <laughs> did you ever have a daughter? This is Pokemon pink Monopoly. Pink? Uh no, <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, <laughs> like you want, like accumulating assets, you know, having a career, and you, you know, it'd just be pretty cool playing with my dad. And I'd be like, 
the doctor and he would be like, Look, Dad, I got a real job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like, I am going to amount to something. Good, now go to your room. No, but, um, I decided I, to go to college. Why did I come out with all these college loans, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Valuable life lessons were learned. I, no. um, so how about today? What, what's your nowadays, um, I don't know. I guess like the lack of time you know with doing like you know jobs and real life stuff um like games like scrabble you know it's um yeah i like scrabble a lot yeah oh have you ever played <laughs> brian's bar? over here giving me a weird look but you ever um, played bar scrabble like, what's your favorite no. games you just take the scrabble uh the letters life. to a bar sit down at a table in a booth or something and and just start playing it without any of the bonuses Everybody gets their little hand, and you try to make words, and you're just making it on the tabletop while drinking the entire time. Oh, that no, sounds really? fun. Yeah, that does sound pretty Your vocabulary awesome. gets interesting. They don't knock me for liking Scrabble. That sounds yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, but what are you talking about? Slaying dragons and... Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's role-playing. It's not board games, man. But that's I mean, if part I sit down and play a board game, I want it to be completely different from the RPG. Me and Gandalf will be drinking mead while you're trying to spell letters. I don't know, man. I, I've spell played letters. Arkham... <laughs> <laughs> I've... I've... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I've played uh, Arkham Horror, the board game, and I've also played, uh, oh, what the heck was it called? The Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, and they were remarkably similar. Pretty yeah. similar. Okay. Well, yeah. Scrabble. Love Scrabble. Um, Monop- I still like Monopoly. So for, so for as far as board games is concerned, what scratches your itch is a more traditional style board game. Yeah, but it might be due to the lack of availability as well, because I've never, um, I had never Did played like the game we just world? played. No, like, that's the thing, like... Games like Quarriers and Small World and stuff like that that I've never I didn't even know this stuff was existed. I was stuck playing like Monopoly, Battleship. Dan loves Battleship, Life. Um, you <laughs> know, know the you played, very traditional I know you, stuff. I, know you played, I was I played a prime. Um, the most of my board games I played at my grandma's house. So you know the stuff from like forever ago. payday shoots Pay- and ladders. Dude, i forgot to mention payday, payday was- <laughs> he is so geek yeah, he's so excited payday was i forgot about that okay scratch the other two payday was my favorite game i haven't played it recently but that game i've never uh, even heard of payday yeah, with someone either. with such a That's low you guys allowance. are talking about candy bars it's a candy bar yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah. was that was it, great okay i know for a fact that you've played citadels with me a handful of times yeah citadels is great but i don't know if i'd consider it a board game because there's no board Okay. Shazam. Where do you draw the line? What do it's you just consider a board game a with a mobile game? board? I mean, on cards. I think know? this so is like a good a... opportunity, though, for a shameless plug of the industry because the sort of board games we're ta- that I think a lot of us are going to come up with here are the sort that you're not going to find in your local Walmart or Target, or you're going to have to go to a game store or a comic book shop for these sort of games. Yeah, probably. Now you can find. I don't even know if you can find Payday anymore anywhere. Maybe. Maybe it really is. Yeah, it's a game. game from the past with your other games that don't exist anymore. <laughs> like, but Monopoly and, and games like that, those are those are more traditional board games. And there's there's a lot of those games out there. The trivia games, the Trivial Pursuit. I play a lot of those games with my family. Uh, yeah. We can't sit down and play a role playing game every time we no have descent. family game night. Yeah, no descent for we, the family game night. There's no time. So if you've got a half an hour, forty five minutes to an hour, you can pick up one of these games, whether it be Monopoly, checkers, chess, uh, mousetrap, mousetrap, pass the popcorn, the game of life, and any other See, number. Pass, wait, pass the popcorn? Pass, pass the, the popcorn. popcorn. Right. Pass the popcorn? Is that literally the game? It, it's, <laughs> it's a trivia game. It's not really a board uh. game. There's no board, but it's a trivia game in which you are just what it sounds like. Is it it's, like Pass the Pigs, where you just flip the popcorn? If Colonel Side's showing, you get like one point or something <laughs> like that? No, like, no, no, no. Is it like Seen It? Um, take the board out of Seen It. And get rid of the DVD. And is there a board in CD? And there's nothing of, left. Get rid of the dice. Yeah, there is. There is a board. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get, yeah. 
But it's it's a it's a it's a trivia game based on movies, movies from huh. all oh. different eras and genres, and my family likes that one a lot. We play that one regularly. There's a game called Logo that is based on all of the uh, logos yeah. from all yeah. the stuff you've been seeing all <laughs> that's your a, life. That's actually been in Heroic lately. It's, it's a fun game. You should check it out. But as far as my favorite game right now, I'm going to have to say... Battleship. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Munchkin Quest is kind of the top of the list right now of things that we're, we're playing that are... It's just a really fun time every single time. Am I a pariah because I've never played Munchkin Quest? Well, no, because it's sort of new. But have you played Munchkin? But no, yeah, I've never played Munchkin either. Ooh, you might be the pariah. Yeah, you're a pariah. Yeah, okay. get out of here. All right. We'll see you in two weeks. Brian, what about you? What's your favorite board game right now? Um, I want to mention two things because he Wait, was... wait, wait. Now, you specifically were fighting against Heroclix being a board game earlier. G- against it being a board game i'm not gonna say it no, no absolutely not yeah i'm sorry no it's not it's a tabletop miniatures game it's right, a collectible right. miniature go ahead game. go ahead collectible collectible yes. collectible is, is that like bionicle no we're spelling yeah. collectible letters over here um did you see that spelled on a bar table somewhere no yeah nice. that's that play on my bar table <laughs> the one that i wanted to say first that's more of a traditional game uh it's kind of a spin-off traditional game have you ever heard of the game called uh, apples to apples yeah okay well, it's not that. Uh, it's the opposite. It's sour apple style. Yeah, it's um, it's a game called Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Um, and it's basically uh, it's it's commonly known as like a holes to a holes, and, <laughs> <laughs> and it's essentially the exact same game as apples to apples, except you have like. Uh, Man, I don't even know if I can give some of the examples. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them are. It's if, it's. it's if you're sort not a of, listener, check it out. Yeah, they're sort of <laughs> yeah, vulgar. Put the kids to bed if you're going to play this one, man, it's, and make sure they're in a soundproof room or something because <laughs> yeah. this is like the most vulgar of vulgar stuff. And it is very hilarious very and funny. funny. Yeah, like definitely. you get you get all kinds of really goofy stuff, like more like clown with a shotgun or you know carpe Jim gamecast would like to apologize to any kids that get put to bed early because mom and dad want to play crimes against humanity yeah. cards, cards against cards. humanity uh, <laughs> also crimes um, yeah sorry for that i was just uh, i just want to sort of plug that because a it's a very very fun game for anybody to check out if you like apples to apples at all and your friends want to get, get around and play and it. you're old enough and to it's vote it's kind of an indie yeah. game too isn't it and the other thing is this is a very indie game they like these like three dudes make it and you can only like they just make or make it to order so it's like almost never available so it's just like it's hard to get but the thing is is they allow you to just download the pdf of every card on their website mm. and you can print it print out it yourself yeah so check it out i'm not sure the website maybe 100 i'll put it in the show notes okay but uh it's called cards against humanity again and it is very fun like it's a vulgar version of Apples to apples. Now, I know I this, played it with Tyler. Sorry. sorry, does this fall into the Citadel's trap of it's not a card game because it doesn't have a board? Yeah, I or don't, not I, a board game? I don't agree with him. Oh, okay. I think those card games are essentially the same thing as okay. a board game without I, it. I agree, particularly if there's a specific mechanic involved in laying the cards down. Yeah. The board becomes whatever it is Absolutely. you're playing on. Yeah. yeah. My actual favorite game, or favorite game that I've been playing lately is called House of Betrayal, I think it's called, or Mansion of Betrayal. I, can't remember which one it is we'll look it up and put it in the show notes but uh it's basically you're walking to a house of like a scary house like like some sort of evil house as these characters that you would find in any sort of 
like the kid, the old professor, you know, just like certain tropes of a horror genre. Right. And you walk in and you start kind of exploring the mansion. And as you do that, you like do like build up this this like turn counter. And eventually somebody like sets off the game. And when you set it off, that character that set it off eventually becomes the enemy of the rest of the people. And then you have to decide like, depending on which room, which character in which room did one certain thing sets off a certain scenario and you open up the book and there's like hundreds of different scenarios based on what so it's got great replayability. Oh yeah. And there's all these kind of goofy things that happen. Uh, and that character, the one I played, I can remember particularly is everyone else got shrank down to little miniature size and he was doing the the villain was tr- that became that character was one of the players became the villain. He was trying to do experiments on seeing what would happen if house cats fed on human flesh. <laughs> so like all of the characters had to run away from the house cats, and their objective was to find the little toy biplane in the house and turn it on and fly out the window away from away from the the, the, the like thing. Wow. Yeah. And then in another game, it, the other one I played was the house got transported to like this alien universe and like gas was killing them like sh- like slowly as they like the house was actually on mars or some goofy or like zorplon or like they were just dying slowly and you had to figure out how to get back home like through a teleporter but ended up the entire party died and nobody won the game is every game crazy like that is it like m night Shyamalan? yeah like, yeah, yeah. Board game? yeah like, it's like you walk into yeah, a, Bay. <laughs> you walk into a house and something, something crazy, crazy happens. happens yeah right. and the game is different like every time hmm. all right steve What's your favorite board game right now? My favorite board game, even though I haven't played it for a pretty long time, uh, right now is still Frag. It's a Steve Jackson <laughs> yeah. game, which is okay. basically... Uh, Steve Jackson's going to have to start paying us a little something yeah. here. <laughs> Give us some money, Steve. She, <laughs> Steve, box, we love your games. Free games. Yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, he's cool, probably. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm hip. A, yeah. Man's a genius. It's, uh, it is basically a board game version of like quake doom all okay. the like late 90s first person shooter yeah. like online games when it kind of makes fun of that whole genre it's really fun uh the terrain and the board is squared out so it's like a terrain board it's not actually like a it doesn't have like words on it or anything like okay. that it's just symbols and squares and each person controls one piece and you're just running around like free form like run around everywhere just try and shoot each other like it's Every man for himself is just deathmatch. Or you okay. can do team play well, also. One thing I did want to say during what we were talking about board games that makes it fun that Frag does exceptionally well is like it's super fast paced. Yeah. Like you're just going, going, going. So you never lose interest of what's going on on the board. Because some board games do die when it comes to like, oh man, we've been on his turn for like 20 minutes. You right. know, you don't have to and think f- about on, it. Yeah, on Frag, yeah. it's like moot next guy, yeah. get the power up kill that dude you, you know yeah. you don't care if you die either because yeah. i mean that's what happens when you're playing those games on a computer so but yeah frag is really great uh you can even build 3d terrain for it too because the height doesn't matter you can take some foam core and build your own cool hmm. stuff is like it, that is he grid based yeah yeah it's just a oh, square grid awesome. yeah i love uh, i love grid based. i'll games. have to uh i have to go find it and, I, pat has your copy yeah <laughs> anyway also as far as traditional games i guess you could say that are more accessible casually even though this game i wouldn't really want to play with my family that much just because <laughs> how it gets is uh diplomacy oh, yeah. i love diplomacy yeah. it's a great game. i wouldn't really want to play with my family but it's i still say it's a casual game because how to lose friends and alienate people it's yeah <laughs> it is i mean that's just 
Just, just like diplomacy. Third paragraph. And it also had, <laughs> you know, it also kind of has like an honor system to it where I don't think I've ever finished a game of diplomacy. It's just <laughs> one of those things where it's like we agree that we need to stop like, <laughs> before. Yeah. It's great. Diplomacy. I Check love it. it out. Yeah. yeah. That's an old game too. Though. Yeah, it's really, used I, to play you, that almost probably well, it doesn't probably have to be older than Monopoly, but I mean, it's first World War based. So. We used to play diplomacy in school uh, in social studies classes when I was in high school, and then actually there was a project we were given one time to reenact the Civil War as a game of diplomacy. Huh. Uh, not wow. exactly reenact, but like you were given your initial. Uh, one of my teachers, Mr. Parkin, actually set up. All the like initial statistics of the several factions in the beginning of the well, two factions in the beginning of the Civil War, but you split it up between states, kind of, and you sort of made your agreements, and then had us play diplomacy. It was really interesting, and it's educational, yeah. like whether good, you like it or not. Good I mean. to get you know kids what? Into geography. As a matter of fact, I my mom's a social studies teacher who, and she teaches uh, Reconstruction through World War II to middle schoolers, and I sent her to our local gaming store to get a copy of Diplomacy to play with her kids. That's awesome. Good idea. Yeah. We're going to end the show today with a game review. We touched on it a little bit earlier. The game is Small World. <laughs> it's produced by a company called Days of Wonder. It is... Um, it's a board game. It's a board game. There's pieces. It's kind of a world domination game that takes place on a fantasy continent, I guess, with fantasy, roughly fantasy races and... Roughly fantasy. They're, most of them are it's fantasy. It's like genocidal I mean, risk. I think only yeah. humans yeah, are the ones that are I guess not fantasy. Well, I guess Orcs, um, trolls. You know, it's a lot are, about like killing races and yeah, killing a, off your own it's race. It's a whole like, lot about genocide. It really but it's, is. It's, it's like really much more genocide. lighthearted than it sounds. Cartoon genocide. Very lighthearted. It could be over millions of years of geologic time. You don't know. Yeah, you never it know. It could just you be go, a natural when they go into course of evolution. Decline, I it's mean. A, except when you know, like, conquered the other people. Yeah, that wasn't. That's kind of clear and cut. But you, as the Murder. the player, yeah. specifically send send your races into decline. The concept is, if you can kind of take the concept of risk, which I'm sure most people have played risk, in which you have armies that you are trying to take over other people's territories and trying to accumulate points. The only thing, the big difference is it takes out the random dice roll is it's like, if you have more dudes, you take thing. Like, right. There is an option for a dice roll, but most people don't play it that way. I mean, I kind of mean, abused that. Yeah, we did kind of abuse the crap thing. out of that, yeah. the uh, really? reinforcement thing. Yeah. The, it really wasn't that big of a deal, though. It's not. The, yeah. the odds are super low on the dice to yeah. actually get a success out of it. Yeah. The twist is that while in Risk or other global domination games you are trying to make the best strategic moves for your army because this is what you've got for the entire game the twist with small world is that you jump from race to race and you have to strategically decide when to send that race into decline and hop onto the back of another race and start controlling them. It's so cool because it, like, it forces you to do that too. Oh, if you if you hold on for too long, yeah, because you're, you're you're like it gives you two options or, or two things. It's either a this is really like like my my hand is really bad or like my what's going on right now is really bad and not working out for me. This is going to give me a chance to come back in a different way. Or b like even though this is working out for me, I'm not going to be able to hold on to the That's strategy the thing. for very if you, long. If you hold on to it so long that it's already going bad for you, you've already messed up. Yeah. Because there is a turn-based time limit. Yeah. You only have X amount of turns, depending on how many people are playing the game, to accumulate victory points. And if you waste time on a, on 
controlling a race that should have been in decline two turns ago, if your maximum turn is 10 turns in a game, you've wasted 20% of the time that you're going to be able to play the game. And I really love the idea of the victory points because, okay, that's who wins at the end of the game for anybody who hasn't played Small World. Um, is the person who has the, who's accumulated the most victory points. Yeah. Um, the best part is, if you have a pulse and you're playing the game, you get victory points at the end yeah. of each turn. Yes. So you, you're rewarded in some measure, so you can always you know at least compete you know, by the sheer numbers. Most of the way you get them, though, is by holding the most land. Right, of yeah. course. There's other ways of, of getting course, them. But if people but... are ganging up on you, you know, depending on how many people you're playing with. Well, they add in the mechanic that you're supposed to keep the number of victory points you have secret. Right. So mm-hmm. you're, you always feel like you're in the game. But it's really cool because you can always, in Monopoly, you hate to keep on referencing this freaking uh, fossil, but uh, you can always see how many, like, 500s, you know, the other guy has. So. Now, the, we're speaking about the mechanic of hiding your victory points and whatnot. The other mechanic that is really prevalent in the game is the randomizer in this game is the availability of the races that you can choose from when you change races because you've sent one in decline. There's a stack of races on the side of the board, and at the side of each one of those, there's a modifier to that race. An example might be the Alchemist Dwarves, where the Alchemist collects two bonus coins every turn that your tokens are on the map. The Berserk Amazons. We had the, Seafaring Ghouls. The Seafaring Ghouls. And for each race, there's a modifier that gives you a bonus and to some specific terrain or action in the game. And that is randomly determined by a shuffled stack at the beginning of the game. So there's your replay ability, and there, therein also lies the randomizer of the game. You And even after randomizing the race combinations and what's available, they give you a, a selection of three with a slight cost I mean, to, to balance it out. I think most of the times I've played it, it might be five. I don't. I don't remember right offhand. It might change how many, on how many players. I think there's five or six, where the sixth is the stack of all the remaining um, races. Yeah, yeah. right. And, just, like, and you can only see cycles, the top one, so you can't up. even see and which cycles ones up, are. You can really see cool. what's next, but you can't pick one. It has a very cool race selection system. When you have that panel of the six, um, in order to pick one that's like further on down, you have to pay you know a sizable amount of victory points. Right. So you and have to. It's kind of like an investment. Like, do I think that this giant three down is worth more than this um, troll therein, that's two down? Therein lies a little bit of strategy. Yeah, is absolutely. Is that worth the investment to get that specific race before someone else can? It's not just that you lose those victory points either. If someone picks one, like, let's say you want to pass up uh, aquatic trolls or what? Aquatics a thing, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, here's hoping. Let's say you want to go with aquatic trolls, which uh, I'm thinking more and more are not a thing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> seafaring trolls, seafaring, seafaring trolls. You don't. You, let's say you want to pass up seafaring trolls to go for dragon master dwarves that are beneath them. You have to put uh, a victory point on seafaring trolls. But if somebody takes seafaring trolls, not only did you lose a victory point, they gain that victory point. Eventually, there might be enough victory points on a semi-disadvantageous race to just make it its yeah, own good we thing. Just, like, we kept passing up Amazons because like, we don't want those. Like Those are stupid. And then I got them for like, free and, then, and like, I won the game. You like, got them for I free and like in. eight victory points yeah. on it. Plus, well, he was like, oh, these guys are great. Yeah. And also, Mac was struggling trying to remember if Aquatic was a skill. That That's a pretty easy thing to do because this game is humongous. When we bought this game... It probably took me 45 minutes to get the thing all popped out of its little pieces and everything organized in order to be able to play. There's, in the core game, there's 20 different modifiers in the special powers, and there's 14 different races, and there's numerous expansions for the game. I would really like to play it again because we didn't get a chance to play with the expansions, and I can only say that it would be much more fun because I thought, like, just the idea of, like, oh, 
which ones are coming up next? Like, that one was really cool. Yeah, I don't know the exact numbers without, like, a calculator, but I think it's, like, hundreds of thousands of combinations. So, huh. you know, if you can play that out with Small World, barring, you know, playing any other games, then that's pretty pretty good value for your buck. How much does it cost to buy it? It's uh, $50, $50? Roughly. Yeah. It's not horrible. $50. No, that's actually, that's probably about, that's actually on the low end. Yeah, for those of, kind of games. Of the premier board games that are out today. You can, huh? you can drop anywhere from $60, $50 to $100 on it, a, How on much a was Akusa? Akusa was, I think it was 70 yeah, like mm-hmm. Rune War. The most expensive, a big box game I had is Rune Wars. Rune Wars was a hundred dollars. Yeah, you go grab Axis and Allies, you're spending ninety dollars. Yeah, but it is a and, pricey, pricey hobby. But, but in this specific game, there's a lot of really good, high quality. The cardboard counters and pieces are all nice and thick and solid. The boards, it comes with three different boards depending yeah, on how many players, players are playing. You can play yeah, like one, on two to five players. I think is the amount of players you can play. The art on the boards, it's not just the same board in different sizes. It's actually the art changes and the borders and the and the continents change and everything. So there was a lot of work and you get a lot of you get a lot of stuff for your replay value is great. And most importantly, yeah. the uh, the boards are really well thought out because it has differing terrains. It's not like risk where everything's kinda like land, you know, generic land. There's right. like hills that you can get bonuses for depending on you mountains. know I, right, mountains. And, and one, it looks really cool and the way that they set it up is in such a way to where it's not imbalanced. They've balanced it very well, I think. I have one tiny gripe. That was the next question. We've talked about what we've liked about it. What's the what's the con? Where's the issue? Um, it's very silly, but tiny. Like the mountain tokens are stupid and useless. Why is that? Because there's a picture of a mountain on the space. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's just like it's just more crap on the yeah. board, and there's so much crap on the board already that you're just like. Why do I need a token for a mountain that literally will do nothing but sit on the square that has a picture of a mountain on there to tell me that there's a mountain on right, there? Right, you think it'd be the same as like having like a water token, like a little yeah. blue water token to put down on the things of water. Yeah. I can think of two reasons, and first of all, I don't play with them, so yeah. <laughs> there's that. There yeah. But the two reasons I can think of is because it the token reminds you that you have to put you have to place one more of your tokens there in order to take that. Also, the art on the board is uh, so good that the the some of the regions bleed together, and there is very particularly one mountainous region at the very bottom of the board in the center that is kind of difficult to tell sometimes if you're just looking at it and you don't already. Yeah, know. there's well, a rainbow that separates that and another, yeah. um, my, another territory. My sure. my suggestion would be like there are under hill like like underground things and mines and stuff, and they're just little printed circles on this on on the board itself, just saying. Hey, this is a mine. Hey, this is underground. Hey, this is a hill. Why wouldn't you just put like a little reminder on on the board itself saying like, "Hey, this is a mountain." That makes sense. Because some of the mountains already have things on them, I think. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I think, like, it's I a, think very small a mountain break. with a mine, yeah. but yeah, it just seemed like an unnecessary. Oh, you're right. Piece. There are two on some of them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I go back to my previous thing of token says you needed a token. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Any other issues with this game for anybody? Um, the more. For every one player you add, it seems... I mean, I I don't know. Uh, for every one player you add, it seems like it increases the length of time that the game's going to go on, like, significantly. Like, That's out, true with like dispro- game. But disproportionately, you know, like, the difference between three and four players in this game is more pressing than, like, the difference between three and four players in, you know, other games that I've played. The other the other thing I would like, ha- have to say is, like, I did not play it more than once. I've played it one time. Right. And I had to say, it was a little grueling to get through the rules in the beginning. Well, I can assure you, once you have those rules down, I've played it multiple times. 
once you have those rules down, you have that shorthand where you don't have to keep looking back to see yeah. what this specific power yeah, does. Yeah, especially after playing like a couple times, you don't even and know also, like, oh, the dwarves do this. Well, this. also like, you don't on even the tokens, need- on the tokens, and on the race car, the the races and the the special powers, they have a a little icon on there that says what it actually does. Yeah, and, and if you like, understand oh, yeah, that, remember, then you yeah. don't have to ever. Look yeah, once you've got the shorthand yeah. on the icons, you don't have to read the rules to say what they do. Like, yeah. you you know just based on that it has the icon there that you gain plus one victory point if you're in a forest. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bit of a gripe about the rules. I mean, uh, the, the version you guys play... Uh, when, I, when I first played this game, I was completely playing with a playgroup of people who had already played. So I got their version of how to play. And they got everything right, as far as I can tell. We've had our conversations because we've had some really weird race race trait combinations like uh, flying sorcerers, which I think are kind of broken. But when you guys played, you had none of you who'd ever played the game, right? Right. Correct. Okay. And and uh, I was on the phone with them, talking them through on a couple yeah. of points, and uh, I was very interested to see how you guys were going to interpret some of the rules in the document because... If they give you a shorthand thing, because there's so many uh, self-referential icons and stuff, they give you a bunch of copies of a little shorthand thing, which is kind of useless because you're going to need to read the main rules document for clarification anyway and everything. And they ruled sorcerers the same way that my friends had, but I believe you, Dan, ruled it the same way that I thought it read. And then I read their rule document, and it was worded differently than mine was. Oh, it's that's just, interesting. The wording is very convoluted in the entire manual, and it's just, I would dare say it's even bad. <laughs> I thought a in lot of it of was there's, good. There's and only I've... a couple of places where that happens. And to yeah. be fair to Days of Wonder, I never looked on a forum or tried to reach out to the website to try to figure it out. But then again, I it read the be rule. a foreign game. You know, I read not. the rule a different <laughs> way. I never encountered the problem that you guys did. So if I had encountered that problem, I may have tried to look for an errata or something, but I didn't, so I, I don't know if it exists. If it does, I'll put it in the show notes. For those of you getting into more novel or advanced uh, board games, or f- those of you who already are, you'll find this out. Sometimes there are erratas. Um, yeah, you need to check in on that I, stuff. I know, and just kind of like as as a idea of where this game stands with other advanced board games. It's not that hard. Uh, it, no, it's like, not hard you can, at all. You can learn. There are there are board games that can take literally you, the first playthrough you play is probably going to be five or six hours, and you won't understand half the rules. There's, you know? board, there's board games I've given up on simply yeah. because like I've lost interest just reading the rules. Yeah. Right? I played yeah. Access and Allies I think three times in my life, and I still don't know how to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this is a very this is a pretty good step. From I played this risk game, to descent, and this would be the middle. Yeah. I played this game with my kids, and we had zero problem getting through the setup and the startup oh, and yeah. everything. Yeah. So. I really like how there's a finite number of turns. There's like nine, as opposed to it being an elimination game. I think if it were an elimination game, it would take longer. Well, I think it's like the perfect length right now. It kind of doesn't work as an elimination game. Yeah, it doesn't game. work with the victory points and the, yeah. the races. Yeah. If it yeah. were a race to a certain number of victory points, that could get weird. But still, yeah. I, I still think it's good that there's a finite number of turns. How about I just leave it at that? Game will end. Yeah, yep. exactly. All right, so in conclusion, Mac, Small World by Days of Wonder. Thumbs up, thumbs down, yay or nay? Thumbs up. Why is that? If you like Settlers of Container Risk and are looking for something fun to slap out. Tyler? Uh, for me, big thumbs up. Really solid game. Great replay- replayability. All right. Brian? I like it a lot. It was really fun, despite some of the goofiness of it. Like it, it added to some of the charm. I, I liked it a lot. It's like and like I said, it's a good stepping stone from basic uh, board games into more advanced board games. Steve, 
yeah, thumbs up. I think it's uh, it's it's written pretty well, and its uh, overall quality is pretty impressive. I think thumbs up for me as well. I appreciate the art, which I think is really pretty neat. Some yeah, of the art is good. I forgot yeah. to mention it's a real it's, easy game to look it, at, and it's high quality pieces and board and board. It's work. almost funny looking. It, yeah, it yeah. really is. So big thumbs up from Carpe GM Gamecast. Play Small World. Check out Small World at your local game show. So with that, we're gonna call it. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Carpe GM Gamecast. I'm Dan. I'm Mac. I'm Tyler. I'm Brian. I'm Steve. And remember, support the hobby. Support the industry. Support your local game store. Support Harvey Dent. Yeah. The Carpe GM Gamecast is presented under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License Version 3.0. For further discussion on this topic or just about anything else, join our forum at carpegm.net slash forum. To contact us with questions, comments, and other feedback, please send your emails to dan at carpegm.net. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook slash carpegm.net or follow us on Twitter at C-A-R-P-E underscore GM. Thanks for listening. Next time on the Carpe GM Gamecast. G7. Miss. H12. Miss. A3. Miss. Okay, I got a few of them here. Uh, B2. Hit. B3. Hit. B4. Hit. Okay, uh, D5. Bingo! Hit. Hit. <laughs>